Hey everyone, I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. And we are thinking we might have a lot of new listeners. We had a lot of great response from a survey we're going to talk about. Um, so if you're listening for the first time, we wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about where you can find us. And for our, our returning listeners, a uh, little plea to review us on all the podcasting apps that we're on. Uh, so Dan, where can they find us? So the first place that you can listen to Post-Mormon at the Movies is our website, which is anchor.fm forward slash post-Mormon movies. And we have a list of all of our um, episodes there. We have links to our social media. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and subscribe, follow us, as well as uh, places where you can listen to us on podcasting platforms. We are on Anchor. We're on Breaker. Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox. So, you know, all of the big major ones. All the so, casts. All of the casts, right. So, yeah, so if you're listening to us, you probably have found us on one of those. And after this episode, if you like what you hear, take the time to leave a review, especially if you really like us and want to leave a five-star review. That helps us just get more noticed within the apps. Um, and, and get his little boost. And so we would appreciate it. We really like what we do and if uh, on this podcast. And if you do too, we'd appreciate the feedback. So Also, we appreciate any ideas that you have for us for movie suggestions in the future for us to cover. Or if there's anything that you think that we can do better or improve on, feel free to let us know that as well. All right. Cue the music. This is Post-Mormon at the episode, the R-rated episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Post-Mormon at the Movies. We are really excited about this episode. This episode, we are not covering any specific movie like we do with most of our episodes. We are talking about R-rated movies within LDS culture. This is our R-rated episode. That's right. It's our R-rated episode, but should be... I believe friendly listening for for everybody. We're covering the topic, not that it is our yeah, right. There will be no increase of language and violence in this episode. Maybe we should just mark this episode with the explicit rating, anyways, just for fun <laughs> yeah. when we when just we publish the episode. Shock people a little bit, right? Exactly. Uh, we might get more listens that way. Who I don't knows? know. <laughs> okay, so we. This is a kind of a big topic within Mormonism, at least maybe within American Mormonism, which we'll discuss a little bit later in the episode. But it can be a controversial topic, and there's a wide range of opinions. Um, that's one of the reasons why, if you didn't know, we sent out a little survey to our listeners and other people to share it around, just to kind of get feedback of what people think. And um, so we'll for sure be talking about the results of that survey, but also we're just going to covered lots of other perspectives and kind of our experiences and the history of movie ratings and uh it's just going to be a lot of good information a lot of, you know hopefully we think it'll be interesting 
And so buckle up, get ready, because I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, so chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you either grew up Mormon or converted to being Mormon or are still Mormon or you know Mormons. And not watching R-rated movies seems to be a cultural thing, at least in America, that people relate to Mormons. That, you know, I think like no drinking, you know, is one of them. And no R-rated movies seems to be a common thing that, and maybe that's changed, but that's at least something I encountered a lot growing up was people knew that that was a rule that we couldn't see certain movies. And I think it's interesting talking about sort of the history of that and like where that comes from. So, and I think there's two conversations that are wrapped up in that. There's like, where does movie ratings sort of come from? Why is R rated movies the rule that we we've heard in the church, but also like, why, you know, so where does that come from as, as, as a church, but where does R-rated sort of come from within Hollywood too? And I think they're kind of in, intertwined when we're talking about them in the context of LDS culture. And maybe before we jump into that, I, I just wanted to also say that this, this is like generally considered a rule, but it's maybe one of those, I don't know if I'd say unwritten, but it's one of those less written. It's It's not as hard and fast as like, no alcohol. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of like Hollywood agreed with us uh, until like the 60s. So like when okay. movies first started in the 20s um, and then into the 30s, like the Hayes Code became a thing. Um, and the Hayes Code was basically like some rules in Hollywood about like what they could and could not show and what could and could not happen within a film's narrative. And a lot of this, stem, you know, a lot of this ended up getting like really interwoven with like uh anti-communist scares in hmm. the 50s that like you know the uh, these production codes were wanting to make sure we were depicting things in hollywood that were very american and very anti-communist and so values and very christian values got all wrapped up in the hayes code okay and so yeah and and so until the 60s that was pretty much the guiding rule in hollywood was was these very sort of Christian based rules. And if you strayed out of that, like you got slammed pretty hard by these people in Hollywood, the Hayes code is, would be a whole episode in a, on its own, but a lot of the problems, you know, the, the whole, that the issues within Hollywood were mostly based around the ideas that we're going to be talking about of like, you know, um, art artists within Hollywood feeling like they were restricted and what they could do and they had more artistic merit bordering on censorship and sort of, you know, a lot of times the movies that they made in order to please the Hayes Code had to be re-edited and taken out of their hands. And 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 we'll talk about sort of all that in in within a Mormon context a little bit more. Um, but so in into this, the 60s and 70s, you, you, they started to realize we need to be a little less strict in some of this and we need to rethink how we're structuring our rating system mm -hmm. and so the mpaa which is the motion picture association of america i think is mm -hmm. what it's called um uh you know and so like they basically said there's a g m r and x that was their first rating system after the Hays code and that basically was g has, has basically stayed the same but m was for mature and that was like what pg was meant to be and there was tons okay. of confusion over like mature doesn't mean 
for kids PG. usually. And so, yeah. so within just a couple of years, they clarified that and, and made the PG rating instead of the M okay. rating. But mm-hmm. they kept R, which was restricted for at first anyone under 16. You had to have a parent or guardian. And then they changed it in the 70s to be anyone uh, 17 and under needed a parent or guardian for R. And then X was like the only adults, no kids, no one under 17 allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and so that's kind of like, you know, from mo- basically the first almost 100 years of Hollywood, like they had the Hays Code, which really wasn't a rating system in the way we think about it. It was just basically anything you saw at a movie theater had to be approved through the Hays Code. And so, you know, there there were some guidelines as far as like, you know, what audience it was intended for. But most movies, um, you know, it was only the really sort of like adult movies that were getting any sort of like stigma against them. Um, and and then this rating system started to become what we, we know and recognize today. And so within sort of the context now of the church in 1980, mm-hmm. um, this is one of the this is one of the first and only instances within General Conference of a church leader specifically calling out ratings by name. And mm-hmm. so H. Burke Peterson was in the presiding bishopric, and he said he told the men of the church that they should not watch any X or R-rated films, and beyond that, asked if they had the ability to walk out of an offensive PG-rated movie. Um, and so his discussion around all this really centered on like sort of pornography or the sexually charged nature of movies mm-hmm. and, so the- and sorry I, I think it's probably important to note right now that at that that time there were no pg-13 right so no pg-13 right? so it was g pg r and x and x was uh-huh. basically i mean it probably you know most people would consider it to be or at least within the church would consider x-rated movies to be pornography yeah um but but essentially they were the movies that were just for adults they were, uh-huh. you know, too violent, too sexual to be yeah. rated R. And so, you know, within that time, there's no PG-13 movie. That didn't get introduced until 1984, the PG-13 rating. And in 1984, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. And Gremlins had come out. Both of these directed or produced by Steven Spielberg. And they just led to lots of complaints from parents about these movies being too dark, too scary, I brought my kid to see this movie thinking and it, it was be a it was fun PG. Spielberg PG movie. And it uh-huh. just was a little too scary for him or too pushing the envelope of a PG rating. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't hard enough to be R within the context of that day. And so um, Spielberg really pushed the MPAA to figure out some middle ground that, that we need something between PG and R. And so it's kind of because of Spielberg pushing and, and other filmmakers um, that we have PG-13. And so that was mm-hmm. 1984. And so, you, yeah, you think of like 1980, uh, you know, when he's saying, this this presiding bishopric member is saying, you know, can you walk out of, P, of a PG movie? You look at some movies from this kind of middle area where we didn't have PG-13 or PG-13 was just new. And there are, there are some PG movies that have lots of nudity in them, lots yeah. of language, you know, the, and, and so like, because it seemed like in that period that was deemed less offensive than lots of language or lots of violence, which is what pushed you more to become or or like very 
you know, pushing the envelope of depicting sex and not just depicting mm-hmm. nudity. You know, it seemed like that's kind of where they delineated that line. And I think now we see that more in BG-13 can get away with some nudity, but not if it's sexual, which pushes it to R. And Yeah. And so, anyway, that's sort of the stage before we get into sort of the where R-rated, no R-rated movies comes from in the church. Yeah. And going back to this H. Burke Peterson, um, that's like not a name that I recognize from church history because... I wasn't around at that point. Yeah. And I mean, there there are other names from before my time that I recognize because they were higher up. But this guy was a presiding bishopric. So, you know, yeah. thinking about the, the, you know, where this is coming from as far as church leadership, presiding bishopric isn't too high up the totem pole as far as the general authorities go. Right. And so I'm just wondering, like, how much this was like enforced or talked about at that time. Yeah, or like how much it was influencing. Um, You know, by 1986, Ezra Taft Benson, who's prophet at that time and lead and the president of the church, he does say no R-rated movies in general conference. And so he's he's pretty high up. So he's as high, he's the totem pole. Um, And so he has two talks that year. I think he spoke in both sessions of conference, basically the same talk. Um, and he, and he addressed it to both of them to the youth and kind of tailored one to the young men and then one to all the youth, and but kind of a little more to young women. Um, and so hit these talks, um, which we can link to the the link. I I was going to pull them up to get the link today, and the church's website wasn't working today. So oh, no. I couldn't grab some uh, links to get some uh-huh. some, uh, some more quotes. But um, anyway, he's, he spoke to the youth. He counseled them to avoid movies, television, video recordings that are both suggestive and lewd. Added, we counsel you, young men, not to pollute your minds with such degrading matter for the mind through which this filth passes is never the same afterwards. Don't see R-rated movies or vulgar videos or any, any entertainment that is immoral, suggestive, or pornographic. And so, you know, by that point, PG-13 rating was fairly new. At that point, I, I would imagine only a handful of movies had been rated PG-13. Uh-huh. And so it's still new, and I think that's important to the context. R-rated movies, you know, if we're saying like PG used to have nudity in them, R-rated movies of the time were, you know, had more of the stigma, I mean, think among general culture, that that was definitely just for adults, okay. you know. And But I think there's some, some important language in this quote from his talk where he's saying like, um, you know, suggestive and lewd, vulgar immoral, pornographic. To me, this is all focusing on nudity, depictions of sex. As opposed to like the the violence or gore. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's saying this worried about what language they're hearing as much as he is the images they're going to be viewing watching Mm -hmm. these movies. Um, and, And I think that we'll see that that's a common theme in LDS responses to movies and entertainment in general. Um, so H. Burke Peterson is a recurring character in this story because uh, okay. he is he has two um, talks within and and I should preface I guess all this by saying a lot of this research was done years ago at this point um, I wrote a paper about R-rated movies when I was a student at Brigham Young University 
in for an English class, a research paper. And so that uh, there might be some references with the, within the last few years in general conference to like entertainment that may be relevant. But I think with when talking about the context of just rating specifically, they haven't talked about this probably since this next quote, which was in 1993. H. Burke Peterson, now a member of the 70, counseled to destroy all entertainment that drives away the spirit, specifically mentioning all R-rated movies as well as most PG-13 ones. And so again, PG-13. Yeah. So again, within the context of like, you know, where he is within LDS sort of hierarchy, you know, he's, he's not sort of where we would, if we're talking like levels of canon, he's not like, you know, canon canon. He's like the take or leave it if something else contradicts (laughs) us later. Right. And that's maybe being a little sacrilegious. What year was that again? That that was 1993. Okay. And so I guess he was around when I was alive, but I was just way too young to know who he was. Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized his name. Um, But that's interesting. So like, again, like I, I haven't been paying attention to like general conference or, or anything for the past few years, but you know, at the time you did this research a few years ago, it seemed like 1993 was the last time an R rating was specifically mentioned. Within the context of general conference. Within the context yep. of general conference. So That's there, right. may, there may be insign articles, and, and, and I kept to my research just sort of the leadership of the church mm-hmm. in official capacities. You know, so general conferences sort of was my, like the most official you could get. Right. Because we'll, we'll find out eventually in the survey that... Um, you know, people have been taught this not by like necessarily the higher ups, but like in Sunday school and sacrament meeting, you know, very recently. Yeah. Um, And so I think all that's to say sort of why I'm saying that is that um, by the 2000s, you know, 2001, I think was the published date of the first strength of youth pamphlet that I grew up using. Yeah. I remember when that was brand new and like, I was like, I think I was 13 that year. And so I was like brand new in the church's youth program and they got this new fancy for the strength of youth. (laughs) And one of the big features of it was like one of the big new things compared to the previous for the strength of youth is that it didn't have like specifically mentioned R ratings, whereas the prior one did. Yeah. And so, so the for strength of youth pamphlet that I grew up using, I know that they republished this in, a new version in 2011, I think. Um, yeah, and that was may, after we were youths. Yeah, and there may have been a more recent one even since then. Um, but I'm talking about it within the context of my experience. And so so in that pamphlet, uh, and, and I guess a little preface, preface the For Strength of Youth is basically like um, a little handbook, maybe is even too strong of a word, but basically like counsel from church leaders specific to the youth about how you should, you know, conduct yourselves in a lot of different ways as far as like, so we're going to talk about entertainment more specifically, but there's also things about like dressing and grooming and how to, how to make friends and why friendship is important and, you know, what, how you should treat your parents and your family. And so it's kind of like the importance of prayer and scripture study and all that stuff. So within entertainment, it's talking about the effect media has on you and it's, there, the council is to choose media that uplifts, that helps you have good thoughts, helps you make good choices, and stresses avoiding anything, again, immoral, vulgar, pornographic. It does highlight violence, 
but that's not the focus of that section. There's a whole section on pornography within entertainment specifically. Um, but they don't mention ratings by name in, in 2001. And but previously I'm, they had in that, previously in that little had. guidebook for the youth. And again, kind of the, the other point, I guess, within this timeline of my, you know, the history of my experience is, um, you know, this isn't an, uh, an official, you know, sort of reference from General Conference, but BYU is obviously uh, endorsed by the church. <laughs> yeah, owned <laughs> you know, and operated um, by owned the church. and operated by the church. Their theater and media arts department, at least when I attended, allowed for the showing of R-rated films as long as you weren't showing the R-rated material within them. So we did watch movies that, you know, for within different film classes, watch things that would be considered R-rated and, and either skipped over some of the scenes or only watch snippets. But even within that context, I feel like depending on the professor that you had within the film program, you might have a more lenient sort of view of what was considered inappropriate or appropriate for viewing. And so I did see things like nudity within films in BYU's film program. Yeah. And I think it was always within the context of we're, we're viewing this because this is an important movie and, and we weren't watching things that would be, you know, growing up, I feel like most of the things that were considered in this sort of like immoral, vulgar sort of thing was like R-rated comedies, especially. That like, yeah. that was the probably at the top of the list of the things to avoid. And the things that were just gross, sort of like, you know, gross out humor to mm-hmm. most members would be the things that, you know, we weren't watching in BYU's film program. We're going to make right. the exception for things that maybe have a little more value for filmmaking. Yeah. And I remember when I was at BYU, um, like I really liked the international cinema program yeah. that they had. And that was just um, where they would show international movies uh, for free. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of R-rated movies that were shown there or movies that received an our rating once you know the they got States. to the United States because they were international movies. I remember we went to go see Pan's Labyrinth. I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember if you you were there for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but they weren't always the best at editing that because I mean they, yeah. they would show those movies, but they would try to edit it. But like I guess they didn't have like really good software or yeah. anything to do that. And so there were some movies that I heard where that like somebody was up in the projector room and like held their hand over the the projector <laughs> yeah. or like or like there were times when like they missed bleeping some words and so then like i think in pan's labyrinth they like had to rewind it and then they played the scene again just with it bleeped because yeah. the first time well i remember <laughs> yeah the, i remember when we saw pan's labyrinth i think that whole movie is in spanish i think right, right? and yeah. um it's been a while since I've seen that one. But I, oh, I think they played it in Spanish. They played it with a Spanish um, audio and uh-huh. English subtitles. Subtitles, right. But they had they had meant to play the version with their edited subtitles. Like, that must have been what it was. And um, that was with an edited version of the movie. And I think they played the normal version of the movie. And so the subtitles had the F word in it. And I uh-huh. remember you and, and one of our other friends who spoke Spanish um, saying, that's not the F word in Spanish, like the word that was in Spanish should not have been translated that way. Like it's not as hard of a swear word. And so, you know, that all, I guess, brings us to the next point, which I think, I think it's smart 
that the church doesn't have strict like R-rated movies are bad rhetoric anymore because mm-hmm. it is so U.S. centered. Like R rating yeah. doesn't mean anything if you're in, you know, South America or Europe or you know wherever outside the United States because that's just a United States thing. And something that could be rated R here could be rated something different in another country, and so it just doesn't make any sense. And I think right. that's a good example of like where in Eng- in English, you know. To have the effect that we want in this scene, we're going to use the F word because we don't. It's the it's the best swear word we've got to use in this moment for a villain. But that wasn't but what was intended yeah, in the it, original audio. Yeah, in it. Spanish, it's something different and and more nuanced, maybe. Can, can I say something about yeah about this? So uh, this was a very common feedback that we got on our survey. We did you know on our little survey about our rated movies, we had a little. Uh, the last question was open-ended and we just said, you know, tell us what you think if you have any thoughts or, or questions. And we had a ton of people respond back who were international just saying, like, this is like a United States thing. This is not like a big deal or a big yeah. issue anywhere outside. Like, And a lot of people are like, and, and even like when, when I posted it to Reddit to like advertise the survey, a lot of people responded back with the same thing. They're like, oh, you know, American Mormons are so dumb. Like, why, why, why are you even talking about this? Like, this is that's like the general attitude. Yeah. You know that I got from all these comments. But what I don't think they realize is like how big of a deal it is in American Mormon right. culture. That like the reason why like we're talking about this is not because we agree with it, but because like it's something that has been taught for so long and drilled into the heads of so many members here. Right. Yeah. I don't think we on this podcast could could talk about an R-rated movie and like, you know, examples from this R-rated movie specifically like we've done with The Village and Frozen if we, without talking about the context in LDS culture in America of R-rated films. Which is one of the reasons why we're doing this episode because we have some R-rated movies we want to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. And thought it would be important to (laughs) cover the topic first here. So Yeah, I think, yeah, all this is to put R-rated films in the context of especially American LDS culture. Yeah. Oh, and I have one more story. Can I tell my story? Yeah. Like the first time I I became aware of this issue was on my mission because I served in Paraguay. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time what they would do is they would have like, um, you know how you'd have mutual in the United States where it's like one night a week where all the youth would get together and have activities and, and stuff. They had that same kind of thing in South America, but it was like the whole ward. And it was just kind of like a big party, you know, um, like for adults as well as the kids and the youth. Okay. And, every, every, you know, once a week, everybody would just meet up at the chapel and bring food and just hang around and talk. And um, sometimes they'd have planned activities or not. But um, there was this one little branch that I was in and it was Noche de Barrio or, you know, the the ward night at the mm-hmm. church meeting. And all the young men... For their activity, what they were doing is they were actually in the church building in one of the rooms with a TV, and they were all watching a movie for their activity. Yeah. And it was an R-rated movie, and I was very surprised because yeah. um, that was like the first. I'm like, wait, this movie's R. They're like, what's what does that mean? Like they didn't even know or, or care, and um, and I just was so surprised that they were watching an unedited R movie. You know, not just at an activity somewhere, but actually within the church building itself. Yeah. You know, and do you remember so what that, movie it was? I I can't. I wish I did, but I can't yeah. remember what it was. But I I knew it was R, and like at that from that point on, it was like, huh, like 
building nuance in my brain around yeah. this topic, you know? Yeah, and I think that, um, yeah, it's hard to explain just how big of a thing it is if you haven't experienced it. But like growing up, I feel like, you know, you mentioned earlier people responding in the survey saying like they've been taught recently in Sunday school or young men, young women's or whatever, mm -hmm. like to avoid not don't watch our rated movies. And I feel like the same thing, like, you know, I, I heard that a lot growing up and, and I feel like I wasn't interested in our rated movies for so long, but, but when I got older and became more interested in storytelling and movies, like it, that was a question of like, I just, you know, that I just didn't understand it. Um, because our rated movies cover such an umbrella. And I think that's the other piece of it is that like, the MPAA is not affiliated with the church at all. The right. Motion Pictures Association of America is a private institution that isn't even affiliated officially with any studio within Hollywood. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of like this third party that everyone's just agreed, we'll let them handle the rating so we have one person doing everything. Yeah. And, and they're not affiliated with the church. The church obviously has no influence over how movies get rated, um, and it shouldn't. But it just mm -hmm. seems weird that the church would default to any rating system done by another party. And so to me, it just seems so smart that the church has distanced itself officially from like using R-rated movies or PG-13 movies, you know, like using that language. Because, you know, one person's rating a movie R could mean something different from someone else within the MPAA rating another movie R. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's important to talk about that organization a little bit more itself. Sure. Um, so it, the, there's a documentary by Kirby, a guy named Kirby Dick named this film is not yet rated. And that documentary really delves into sort of the issues of the MPAA and sort of the hypocrisy and the secrecy involved. You know, a lot of times studios don't know who's rating their movies and there's never really given like, like they receive a rating, but they don't know why they got it. And, and, and there's a lot of, like bias against independent cinema or there used to be that's probably changed a little bit but there used to be a lot of bias against independent films versus big studio films and even within that like the biggest studios got more preference and leniency than other ones or certain directors because it was so and so they got a little more leniency and and i think that um you know all that's to say that like we, as your average moviegoer, when you see a movie's rated R, like you don't know who made that decision. A lot of times the people who are, who are working at the MPAA are um, like more Christian. That, that seems to be a case in, from mm -hmm. this documentary. What they found is that like they tend to be uh, people who are parents with children and that their guidance in the MPAA of movie ratings is the audience is uh, children like kids and their parents, that's who these ratings are designed for. So that a parent can look at a movie really quickly and say, oh, that's rated PG-13. You know, my teenage kids could probably go see it fine, but my five-year-old probably shouldn't go see that movie. Mm -hmm. Or they see an R-rated movie and then they, it makes them stop and think, wait a second, maybe I need to look into this movie before I let my kids see it. That's like the mm -hmm. whole purpose of the MPAA. It isn't to pass any sort of judgment on the morality of a movie right. or the value of a movie or anything like that. It's just meant to say, 
this is the content in the movie and you should stop and think maybe before you just take your kids blindly into this movie theater. Now that's not to say it doesn't happen still. I've heard, mm-hmm. I remember hearing stories from people working at movie theaters um, when the, when the first Deadpool movie came out, which is uh-huh. R rated for being intentionally vulgar and pushing the envelope. Um, and, but because, but it's an, it's a Marvel movie officially, uh-huh. like it has the Marvel right. logo before it. It's not a Marvel cinematic universe movie like right. Iron Man, Captain America. But it's still a Marvel movie. Right. It's a Marvel character, Marvel movie. Superhero. A lot of parents didn't realize who Deadpool was. They just saw a Marvel (laughs) movie and would bring their young kids into it like they would to go see Captain America or Uh Spider-Man. And then they were taking their kids out of the theater (laughs) within a few minutes because they're like, what is this movie? Like, how? And the, you know, the movie theater employees are like, I didn't make the movie. Like, like, there's a rating rating on it that says R. Like, and that's the intention is that like, so that you don't get blindsided by a movie with mm-hmm. your children. But, you know, this has been kind of like, and I, I guess the other half of that is that Hollywood's a business. And so like the, you know, there's this rating system to help parents, you know, moviegoers mm-hmm. choose what they should see based on where their levels of, you know, comfort are. Um, and that's maybe the most generous way of talking about the movie rating system. The other half of it is just that like Hollywood wants to market their movie to you. And so they need boxes to put movies in. And so, you know, most Disney animated movies are going to be put into a G or PG box because that's a marketing thing. You know, like that means Mm -hmm. they can hit a four quadrant, you know, every age group, every, you know, men, women, children, adults, grandparents, everyone can go see this movie. They're going to hit as many people as they can. And if Disney decided to make an animated R-rated movie, it would throw off their whole marketing system and it would right. make, make, it would be chaos at the movie theater. But I'd want to see that movie, the R-rated animated Disney movie. On the opposite extreme, directors and writers will purposely push for an R-rating because they only want adults to go see this movie. They're thematically tackling things that are for adults. Action movies that are rated R, we know are going to be grittier and... And so it's, you know, it's become a whole marketing thing. And like I said, it's not all about morality and values. And and within that, like, if a movie gets rated R, you can appeal it. And, and, and sometimes without any editing, you can just go to the MPAA and say, look, we really want this movie to be something teenagers can see. You're talking about filmmakers doing this, right? When you say yeah. you can appeal it, this is, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these aren't the audience members you. that say, we want this to be PG. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what we'll talk about later with, like, VidAngel and ClearPlay. <laughs> right, That's right, right. when the audience member can say, I want this to be edited down. Right. But but um, so if, if a filmmaker doesn't like the rating they get, they can appeal it right. through a process. And I think a funny example of this is one of the final Twilight movies, like mm-hmm. the vampire you know, movies that were written, the books were written by a Mormon. One of the final books or movies, uh, adaptations of her books got rated R initially. And the studio appealed it because they're like, look, this movie's made for teenagers. Like, what do we need to do to edit it down? And the and, author of the book is Mormon. Yeah, the author of the book's Mormon. So like, it would be a huge hit to like her audience, of course, like the Mormon audience that loves her. If okay. she made an R-rated movie, like it would, that would be all the articles were written about you know it was this movie anyway um you know and and so at a certain point it becomes a game of like 
how many swear words can we have in this movie before we hit R? How many seconds of an implied sex scene can we have before it becomes more than implied? And and how much can we show? You know, and so it's all like this editing is all a game of like to hit the rating that you want or if you have enough clout to just throw your weight behind it and say, look, I really want it to be PG-13. Can we just make it PG-13? And, and if you're the big A-list director, you can make that happen more than mm-hmm. someone else maybe. So there's a lot of complicated issues behind mm-hmm. what that letter becomes on a movie. Right. And that's not even to say that like, you know, we're just talking about movies right now. Then you start talking about like, TV mature versus T, you know, TV 14 and TV and uh-huh, all these TV uh-huh. ratings and video game ratings and sort of like, you know, those are things that would never have gotten talked about specifically in general conference, which makes a convenient loophole for <laughs> right. you know somebody who's not willing to see an R rated movie, but they didn't see anything about TV MA. So yeah, exactly. And I think that that's sort of where a lot of the cultural, I guess that's where, the bones I have to pick with LDS culture and movies and entertainment sort of get piled up is like the hypocrisy of like families who are very, or, or individuals who are very strict and, and very like sort of on their high horse about R rated movies. But Uh then they watch game of Thrones because no one ever said from over the pulpit that TV mature is off limits. And so I have these loopholes for me. I feel like, believing members really value obedience passing a temple recommend is sort of like the the feeling of like i'm doing everything right in the church right now like being able to pass Mm -hmm. that and for a lot of people that's the end all be all it's like those questions are the most important but then there's all these like secondary and tertiary questions that aren't official but you get judged for them or could be judged for them based on how you fall on them and so i feel like you know dating people at byu like in the film program that was like a red flag for some people like i'm real worried about you as a person because you're in the film program and and you could be watching r-rated movies and that makes me scared and um and i think that you know that's not to pass judgment on them but i feel like that's the sort of things that you know you encounter i think culturally It's sort of all, you know, we only watch PG in my house. And that just makes me feel sad, mostly for you. But (laughs) so I guess like, you know, I want to start to transition over to the survey a little bit more because I think we got a ton of responses that were were super cool to read. And I mean, we we got like over 600 people responded to the survey and just a very like, uh, like we didn't post it too many places. But uh-huh. this is definitely extending beyond like our circle of family and friends responding to right, this thing, right. which is is cool. And so I think like I think it'd be fun to talk about some of the the like data from this very non scientific survey yeah, that yeah. we put out. Yeah. So to jump into the survey here, like like Nick said, this is not intended to be like very statistically rigorous or right. you know, not a randomized, you know well representative population that we're looking at here um we we put this a link to the survey out you know on our social media we ask people to share it with their friends and family even if they 
um, didn't listen to our podcast. Basically, we just wanted to get as many Mormons and former Mormons to fill out this survey um, just so that we can have some data just to see, you know, what's the vibe out there? What are what are people thinking about this topic? And yeah. I was thinking that we would get lucky if we had maybe 200 responses total. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had more than 300 responses in the first night alone, yeah. which I thought was really great, which I think shows how much interest there is in this topic for people to, to talk about. Right. Um, and so the, the total number of responses that we got was 614. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, (laughs) I think that's good. Um, and we'll talk about the demographics as evidenced by some of the responses that we got of who's taking this survey. Yeah. Um, but again, we have the limitation that the only data that we have is from people who, you know, were able to see the link and decided that they wanted to fill it out. Yeah. And so um, that's what we're working working with here. We also only, you know, the survey was intended for people who are current or former members of the LDS church. And so there were some people who were not <laughs> members of the LDS church ever before mm-hmm. that filled it out. And there weren't very many, but um, we didn't really count their responses. Um. When I go through, I'm going to be talking about percentages and rounding them to the nearest whole percent. Yeah. And so because of that, when I say some of these numbers, they might not add up perfectly, but that's why. Okay. So um, the first question we asked was, how old are you? Okay. And I broke it up into little five-year segments going from basically, you know, 15 or younger, then 16 to 20, 21 to 25 all the way up, okay? And we got a really nice um, normal curve, a normal distribution with the, you know, we could put the average and the highest number of respondents being between the ages of 31 and 35. Um, And then you can think of, you know, a nice bell distribution on either side of that. Um, We had people younger than 15 fill out the survey. We had people... um, what was the oldest one? that 66 or older. That's where we, we drew it off. I didn't mark it off after that. But so, so we have people from all of those categories, but most are 31 to 35, like I said. The next question in the survey asked, which of the following best describes your religious upbringing? We had 94% of people say that they grew up in a traditional Mormon or LDS environment and that they attended church on a regular basis. And so by far, you know, that's that's the majority of, of people. People who grew up LDS yeah. attending on a regular basis. Then the next category was they grew up in a Mormon environment, but they were not fully part- participating or active. And that was 3%. Okay? And so we had 94% was... Yeah. So, like, so yeah, most people responding to this are your typical quote-unquote active yeah, Mormon. Yeah, or, or at least grew up active Mormon. Yeah. Um, the last category was they grew up in a religious environment, but it was not the Mormon or LDS faith. That was um, also 3%. So, so yeah, most people grew up in the Mormon church um, that responded to this survey. 
The next question said, if you were raised in the Mormon or LDS faith, were you ever taught by your parents or guardians to avoid watching R-rated movies? And we had 88% that said yes, they were taught by their parents to avoid R-rated movies. There were 8% that said no. Um, and then the rest of the people who answered that question were not raised in the LDS faith. Um, so, you know, we have most of the people who were taught by their parents growing up that they should avoid it Yeah, by their parents. And then the next question was, have you ever been taught to avoid watching R-rated movies during official LDS church meetings or lessons? For example, sacrament meeting talk, Sunday school lesson, seminary, whatever. Okay. <clears throat> and we had, let's see. We had 96% say that, yes, they were taught to avoid that from official church meetings. And then 2% said that, no, that they were not taught that. And then the other 2% said that they don't remember whether or not they were taught that. And I'm guessing they were all people who didn't grow up Mormon. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. So then the next question is a follow-up of that previous question. It said, if you answered yes to the previous question, meaning if you were taught from an official church meeting to avoid R-rated movies, when was the most recent time you remember this being taught? And let me pull this up on my thing here. So of the people that do remember it being taught, we had 5% that remember it being taught within the past year. Okay. And then 30% remember it being within the past five years. Another 30% remembered the most recent time they heard it being taught in church was within the past 10 years. So that's a big chunk. We have 65% already saying that within the past 10 years, they remember mm -hmm. this being taught. After that, it was 17%. Um, within the past 20 years, and then 5% said the most recent time they remember it was being taught more than 20 years ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, the vast majority are saying within the last 20 years since, like, so the church had already moved away from officially sort of talking about R-rated movies. Right. right. Uh, as far as, like, with saying R-rated movies. Uh-huh. But within, I'm guessing, you know, we're, we're saying here, like, local or... Local know, like wards your, yeah, or... Your, your congregation Sunday school. And some, yeah. There's still, someone is teaching. It's being taught. Yeah. Yeah. R-rated movies using yeah. that phrase. Yeah. The next question, let's see. The next question is a really, gives us a lot of data. Okay. This question says, which of the following statements best describes you currently? And option number one is, I'm a believing member of the Mormon church or LDS faith. And I have seen an R-rated movie. And here, we're, we want to assume that when we say R-rated movie, it means an unedited R-rated movie. And that was specified in the question. Yeah, no cheating. And, right. And so people answering this know that when we're talking about R-rated movies, we're talking about unedited R-rated movies. Right. So, um, yeah, the first option is I'm a believing member of the church and I have seen an R-rated movie. And then I'm a believing member of the church, but I have not seen an R-rated movie. 
And then we have, I'm no longer a fully believing member of the church, and I have seen an R-rated movie. And then the last option is, I'm no longer a fully believing member of the church, and I have not seen an R-rated movie. Okay? So from this, we can get a lot of... This is going to give us the proportion of how many people are current members of the church that are filling out the survey and how many do not consider themselves to be fully believing or participating members. Okay? And we had 85% of the respondents say that they are no longer um, active or fully believing members in the church. So they consider themselves not fully believing members. 15% of the people that did fill out our survey um, are currently believing members. And I think that has something to do with our distribution channel. I think probably the majority of the people who listen to us are from the ex-Mormon side of things as opposed to... Right. um, And yeah, I don't think that's surprising to me at least. Right. And so we we got a lot more respondents who are former members. But I mean, if we look at the the raw data, we had 90 people. There were 90 respondents that said that they were, that's the raw number as opposed to the percentage that said that they are believing members of the church. Okay. So So, I'm curious about the no longer believing, but have not seen an R-rated movie. (laughs) That's got to be a small group. That is a small group. There were four people who are ex-Mormons who have not seen an R-rated movie from our survey, which comes out to 1% of all of the respondents. Out of people who are currently Mormons, currently believing members of the church, Mm -hmm. we have 4% who have not seen an R-rated movie. Out of the people that responded, out of the 90 people who answered, 4% have not seen an R-rated movie. The other 96% have seen an R-rated movie before. Okay. And I think... Similarly, I feel like the bias tends toward people who really like movies. Right. Maybe responding or listening to this. So even if you're believing, you're probably more likely to be someone who has watched an R-rated movie. Right. If you're into our podcast and into movies, right. for sure. Yeah. Now, Nick, I'm going to bring up a little, little side journey here, a little okay. side note. So we obviously don't have a very good sampling of mm-hmm. Mormons with this data, but I found... Someone who does. Oh, okay. Have you heard about um, Jana Reese and the next Borman survey? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit because um, she has some numbers for that. So Jana Reese is, she has a PhD in American religious history. She's like an editor, journalist that covers religious topics. Right. Um, And as far as I know, she is LDS. And what she wanted to do was, what she did was she, um, with some other people, put together this really big survey and sent it out to tons and tons of people, Mm -hmm. um, both current and former members of the church, and asked them lots of detailed questions about their current beliefs and, like, stances on current topics like, you know, LGBT issues and, you know, just to kind of get... basically what we did, but, like, a little more effort. Right. (laughs) Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the official name of this survey is called the 2016 Next Mormon Survey. And it's, I'm just reading a description. It's a large-scale, nationally representative study of four generations. Um, And the survey included responses from 1,156 current church members and 540 former members. Okay? 
And so she has a, a good amount of representation. Mm. Although, <laughs> I was going to see if, did we have more ex-Mormons than she did in her survey? Oh. But no, she beat <laughs> us by 100. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a copy of her book. She published a book with summarizing the results in it called The Next Mormons, How Millennials Are Changing the LDS Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was also published in a couple of other places. Um, but you can you know buy this book commercially. She has some data here that's a little bit you know more representative than what we had, and it's nice because she has it separated out into um, generational groups. Okay, so people, and and as far as defining somebody who's a member of the church and who's not, it's all um, based on that person's response. If they identify as a Mormon, then she counts them as a Mormon. If or a current Mormon, or a yeah. or former Mormon, somebody who's left the church, um, it's self-identified with that. So, but this is as far as um, members of the church, okay? This is not ex-Mormons, but people who are currently, people who are Mormons. Mm-hmm. Um, how many have seen an R-rated movie? Um, if we're considering just the boomers or the silent generation, it's 28% have seen okay. an R-rated movie. Um, 40% of Generation X members of the church have seen an R-rated movie, and 42% of uh, millennials have seen one. So we see a little increase there. Mm-hmm. That's probably closer to the real numbers. Um, she also There's also a question about watching television with a mature rating. Um, for that, we have 37% of boomers of the silent generation who have. We have 43.5% of Generation X Mormons who have seen uh, mature TV. And then just 40% of millennials who have seen mature TV. That's interesting. Because to me, that, that says that the older generations see R-rated movies as more of a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. That, that, that they're more willing to watch television that's rated mature. Yeah. Whereas millennials, it, it doesn't make any difference. Well, and, and there's like some data here. Yeah, it's, a, it's about... Um, well, so for millennials, it's 42% has seen the movie, 40% with the mature TV, so that's pretty close. Yeah. And then Generation X, it was 40% had seen a movie, 43 and a half had seen... Okay. That's still pretty close, but for the boomers, yeah, it's 28% had seen an R-rated movie, 37% had seen mature TV. So, yeah. So, we so that's see where the biggest... boomer generation. Yeah. Yeah. Your guilty pleasure is mature television. <laughs> that's right. Or loophole, right? <laughs> so... Um, that's all I had to say about that, but we'll put a link to that in our episode description so you can look up more about Jana Reese and her next Mormon survey. The next question was, if you are no longer a believing member of the Mormon LDS faith, did you ever watch an R-rated movie while you were a believing or participating member? Okay, and again, we're assuming that these are unedited R-rated movies. Yeah. So for those that have left the church, how many had seen an R-rated movie. And 83% had seen an R-rated movie of all the people that had left before they left the church. And maybe well, that's, that's why, why they left the church. Slippery yeah. slope. Yeah. <laughs> they went down that slippery slope. Because, you know, typically it's four out of ten. So this, is, this next question was for people who are current believing members of the church. If you are a believing member of the Mormon LDS faith, please select the statement that best describes you. And this question is asking them about how they feel about people watching R-rated movies in general. Um, The first option was, 
if you're believe yeah and yeah for so believing so, members yeah so this is only for people who are believing yeah um i think it's okay for people to watch r-rated movies in general if they're old or mature enough okay um the next option was i think some r-rated movies are okay but it depends on why it's rated r mm-hmm. and then the last category is i think people should avoid watching r-rated movies in general okay um, so kind of a green light, yellow light, red light situation. Right. Okay. And so out of people who are only, you know, only considering people who are currently members of the church, um, 65% of those people said that it's okay if somebody's old or mature enough to watch it. And 29% said maybe it depends on the reason why. Mm-hmm. And then only 6% of active Mormons said from our survey, thought that you should avoid it in general. Um, But again, that's probably skewed towards more of the movie-loving Mormon crowd. Okay, next question. This is a fun one. Which of the following do you find most offensive in a movie? In other words, if these things were present to an equal degree, which would bother you the most? And we had three options. What if I say none of them, Dan? (laughs) We had some people that said none of them, and I did not count their answers. Okay. because, like, some people are like, oh, none of those things bother me. I just watch whatever R-rated movie I want. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, the What's questions... most offensive? Yeah, like, right. like, imagine we're scaling this up to, like, you know, 11 on a scale of 1 to 10, right? <laughs> and anyway, I cut you off. The yeah, three options right. were... Right, so the three options were language, sex, or violence. Which one bothers you the most in a movie? Um, and I separated this out. We have overall averages, but I don't think that's... As interesting, I separated it out into what believing members thought and what ex-Mormons or former members of the church thought okay. bother them the most. Okay, so out of the believing people who are still current active members of the church, nine percent said that language was the most offensive to them. Twenty-two percent said that violence was the most offensive to them, and. Get this. You're going to love this. Guess how many thought that sex was the most offensive? I'm going to go with 69%. 69%. Exactly. <laughs> uh, very appropriate there. Or inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate, um, as it were. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. So for sure, you know, sex being the biggest, um, most yeah. offensive thing to believing member audience. Okay. As far as people who have left the church or who are no longer, you know, fully believing members of the church... It was the same. It was 9% with language. They said language was the worst thing that bothered them. And then we only had 33% that said that sex was the thing that bothered them the most, and 59% said violence. So we have a change there. And I think yeah. that that's pretty predictable. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and we have some like free responses where people talk about that. So um, like that's what my... It's like the survey's telling us what we thought we knew, but now you know, that we kind of sorted out the data, it kind of looks like it actually falls that way. So, all right, next question. Ooh, and this is where we're probably going to take a little diversion and jump into a different topic. Yeah. So the question is, what do you think about movie filtering services like ClearPlay or VidAngel? Before we get the, like, just a quick little, like... Yeah, go ahead. ...definition or sort of of what these are. So, and I don't even know if ClearPlay or VidAngel are... I know VidAngel isn't actively editing movies anymore uh-huh. and has kind of pivoted. But essentially, these services and many that have 
popped up before them, and I'm sure others will try later, are trying to edit, you know, movies that are made by Hollywood to take out certain things. And so like VidAngel, I think you could, you know, choose, I want to take out every instance of this swear word or every, you know, here's where I set my limit of, you know, sexual content that I want in this movie. And so you were basically customizing what you wanted to see within this movie um, and editing it to your own tastes. Right. Um, So that's what we're talking about here. And yeah, so the question was, what do you think about them? The yeah, what, what like do you think that? about these these services? Um, and some some people listening to this, to this might think, well, why is there even like a controversy, or why why would somebody not like that, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that because um, yeah. Anyways, so the options for that question are overall, I think they're great. Overall, I don't think they're great, and then I don't really care, or I don't really know. Okay, so those are our mm-hmm. big categories and for people who are believing members of the church 39% of believing members think that those services are great and 23% think that they're not great and the rest don't know or don't care yeah for people who are no longer believing members or former Mormons um, only 11% thought that services like that are great and 34% said that they're not great the rest either don't care or don't know. Um, but 48, 48% of the people actually said that they don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. like like a non-issue yeah. for that. Okay. Oh, and the next question is related. Yeah. Okay. The next question is, have you ever used a movie filtering service like ClearPlay or VidAngel? 37% that said that yes, they had. And then 62% that said that they have not and then the rest were people who said i'm not sure and so yeah now i think that we're gonna jump out and talk about this topic a little bit and why maybe the thoughts surrounding it and can i can i start off with a story about this we this was a young men's activity and i can't remember how old we were for a little youth group and we met up at the house of one of our leaders and it was movie night and we were gonna watch a movie and we were gonna watch the movie cool runnings okay and it's rated PG-13. So, you know, Disney movie, you know, Disney, good to go. Anyways, they had one of these filtering things built into their VCR. Or I, I don't know what service it was exactly, but they had one of these, mm-hmm. you know, even though we were like teenage boys watching a PG movie, for whatever reason, this church leader had it, yeah. <laughs> had it on while we were watching Cool Runnings. And there was a scene where... And I, I'm probably going to quote this wrong, but this is coming from my memory. But there's a scene where there's a bald character in the movie. Somebody, he's in a fight with somebody, and the person that the bald guy is arguing with says, what they were supposed to say in the movie is, well, why don't I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Okay, and that's, <laughs> that's what the, the movie line is supposed to be. But I guess butt was too offensive, and it was edited yeah. out. And so, and so what the service did, I, I guess it like replaced it with like audio. And mm-hmm. so it said, how about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a tail? And like <laughs> watching that movie was just like more of a comedic thing for this group of teenage boys that were like thinking of how ridiculous it was of like editing right. <laughs> all this stuff. You're starting from a place of not watching anything offensive anyway. Yeah. And so then it's making this 
already not offensive thing even less offensive and it becomes comedy uh-huh. and an unintentional comedy yeah the bigger issue is that it's illegal and i think you know these editing services have been shown in court time and time again that usually the way they're going about it is illegal and the concept of it sort of in general is bordering on illegal yeah but there's only so many instances where legally courts are saying it's okay to edit a movie and, and one of them being like on airplanes you know they they edit movies usually and but that's because it's the studio willingly doing it they're saying yeah. we're gonna edit saying, it's okay this movie yeah so that it's on an airplane and mm-hmm. not someone else coming in and deciding what should be edited. And, and, that, it, and that makes sense for like an airplane setting, right? Right. Because, yeah, you, you don't get to choose. Who you're sitting next to. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, in general, I mean, I, I, I could probably get on a soapbox and talk about this. I don't know if that's let's do necessarily. It. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, generally, that's where it falls. Is that I think that like on one hand, it's just illegal that you're breaking copyright usually to to edit a movie using one of these services. If you buy a movie and you edit it yourself on your own, like more power to you, I guess that's not really a problem in my eyes. Right. Legally speaking. Right. But when you're using these services that are breaking sort of the, the copyright, that's when you're involving, you know, some third party who's manipulating this movie without the consent of the studio and the director Mm -hmm. and the writer. Yeah. And so it does It does breach copyright. But it's also just like, you know, we talked in, in our Mormon cinema episodes about some of these issues of like yeah. where you're, you know, like I think your story about taking this renowned painter's painting and then, you know, photoshopping it to make it more in line with your views right. is, you know, not every movie is this renowned painting, but there was artistic intention behind every movie that you're watching and so regardless of its rating you going in and saying i know better how to present this movie is a problem in my eyes and i think that that's just in general and i think we there's nuance within that Uh but generally speaking i think it's just problematic to think you know better than the director and edit their movie and and then that work of art is not being consumed in the way that it was intended i don't know if consumed is the right word but it's not being viewed with the intention or, you know, probably not, sometimes not the original, you know, message of what Mm -hmm. the artist wanted to convey and, you know, viewing movies like, like it's art and we have creators that, you know, put a lot of thought and energy and effort into the way that they wanted it to be. And so that's one of the big reasons why. And I think that, you know, like I understand why people want to say, you know, um, take the the Will Ferrell comedy that they really wanted to see, but it was rated R and they want to just take out the language uh-huh. or whatever, you know, like to make it more palatable to them. Like, I understand the intention behind that. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to argue that every Will Ferrell movie is art, but Talladega Nights is art. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that uh, I guess the, the issue is that, like, you don't get to say what the intention was for whether you think it was a stupid comedy or something like saving private Ryan, which came up a lot in our survey as being the like favorite R rated movie or, Mm -hmm. or is referenced a lot as being like the R rated movie that has the exception. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people choose 
Saving Private Ryan as sort of the R-rated movie that they'll watch as a believing Mormon because there is value to what it's saying and depicting mm-hmm. about war and the horrors of war and its toll on people. And that, like, for them, it's like, oh, I'm going to wade through the the violence because it has a purpose behind it. Uh-huh. And I think apply that same idea to every movie. And if, and if you took out, oh, I'm going to watch Saving Private Ryan, but I'm going to take out all the violence in that movie... Now that movie is... You lose the, the message. It, yeah, it's not intended to be that way. And so you lose the impact of its message. You may get the message, but it's not going to mean the same thing to you as it is to someone who saw the whole movie. Right. And, and I, think, pub- I was going to say a public service announcement. Um, Saving Private Ryan is not the only R-rated movie right. that, <laughs> that has something <laughs> you know important or meaningful to say. Exactly. And so... I think you can apply that mentality to lots of things. And I think we, you know, culturally Mormons probably think, oh, comedies or like raunchy movies like are maybe the least valuable. And so they're probably not even being watched or or edited by most Mormons. It's more of like, what is this movie that this action movie that I wanted to see, but I want the sex scene taken out or what, you know, I want the language taken out. But even then, like, you know, it's the same idea. Like you're losing the impact of the intended message. And you may not agree with that message, but you don't get to say that you have a better message right? and edit, and, edit the movie to make your message the message. And we talked about that in our last episode, the part two of Mormon cinema as well, to where, um, you know, just because something is being shown in a movie does not mean that it's being promoted or that right. <laughs> like that should be the thing that you should agree with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and watching these, you know, watching R-rated movies can, you know, help you have an, a more open mind and, you know, whether or not you agree with it, it can help you think differently about the world. And Right. I think there's an entitlement to entertainment that people feel like I should be able to watch everything on my terms. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be the case among Mormons is that, like, I want to watch this movie because I'm entitled to entertainment and I'm entitled to make it fit my tastes. And I think the better answer is to say, don't edit it, just don't watch it. And, yeah, yeah. And choose something else to watch instead that, you know, does fit your point of view or your tastes. Before we move on, can I share one thought that I had about... Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about poop in the brownie. Do you know what I'm, hmm. what I'm talking I about this? I've heard the story before. Okay. And probably I never many... had to worry about this because <laughs> I have food allergies. I've never eaten a brownie. Okay, so, so there you, you go. Know, every yeah. brownie has poop in it, right. as far as I know. Right. So probably many of our listeners will know what I'm talking about when I say poop in the brownie, but for those that might not, this is a common analogy that is used, I think, in um, like youth groups, yeah. in, in church, about describing why we wouldn't want to watch an R-rated movie, okay? And the, and the thing is, it's like an object lesson. And the teacher brings in, you know, a plate of brownies for this, for the class, you know, and before they eat them, they're like, okay, I want you guys to know, I used the very best ingredients for these brownies. I got, you know, the most high quality chocolate, you know, the richest butter, the best, you know, whatever else, the ingredients, everything's super good, super perfect. And just, you know, getting all of their mouths watering for this Mm -hmm. delicious treat, which unfortunately, Nick, you cannot relate to. Cannot. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but then they're like, oh, but there's one more thing I need to tell you. 
I, I put a little bit of dog poop in the brownies. And then the kids are like, oh, ew, gross. you know, gross. They're like, no. And they're like, yeah, I did. And then the, the comparison is made is that why would you eat a brownie that has poop in it? You know, same as why would you watch a movie that has all of these other good high quality stuff, but it has just a little bit of bad in it, right? Just a little yeah. bit of sex or a little bit of violence or a little bit of language and that we should avoid it even if it has just a little bit because, you know, you wouldn't eat brownie that has poop in it. Mm-mm. Right. And I think a lot of our discussion to this point has described why that's maybe not a very apt metaphor for movies. Right. But also, I want to talk about another reason why I think that that metaphor is a little bit problematic because of another like unwritten rule, not unwritten, but like gospel cultural thing within the Mormon church, mm-hmm. which is like one of the examples that I brought up was um, body piercings. Okay, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. Right. So you're taught in the Mormon church that like your body is holy and sacred and your body is a temple and you shouldn't do anything to defile or deface it with tattoos or anything. Right. And they're like, but you can do it a little bit. Women, you can do one set of piercings. And to me, that's the same as like, you know, don't defile your body, but just a little bit of poop in the brownie, you know? You can do a little bit of defiling of your body. Because it's that's the socially acceptable. Right, because that's socially acceptable. <laughs> and so I'm fully of the opinion, well, well, first of all, that, like, I brought that example up with, like, church leaders and my parents, and, like, nobody could give me, like, a good... Uh-huh. Um, this was, like, back when I was believing. And I was yeah. just, like, trying to figure that out, and nobody could give me, like, a good response to that. I didn't hear anything that was, like, satisfactory to me. Um, I'm fully convinced that if, like, the church were restored during a time period and in a culture where it was culturally acceptable for men to have, you know, their ears pierced, then that would be the rule, that men could have their ears pierced, you know, if that was, like, the common social norm. But because the church was restored and kind of matured where it did, you know, that's the rule that we have now. And so it's not like a hard and fast doctrinal thing. This is like a social thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I think similarly, uh, you know, along that point, like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, European countries and other countries have more lenience as far as like their tolerance for sex and nudity in movies. Yeah. And I feel like a similar thing that like, you know, in other cultures, like we're talking about where they're like, why is r-rated movies such a big deal uh-huh. and it is be here because so much of the leadership is american yeah and so r-rated mm-hmm. movies have a sort of stigma you know with within american culture or not stigma but reputation maybe right um and so that became the cultural sort of norm for leaders that they then passed on but you know like going along that do you know what kind of like it, it ticked me off a little bit when I heard this next thing I'm going to tell you. There's a general authority whose name is Gérald Cosset. I don't know if I said that right, but he's French. He's from France. Uh-huh. And his name is G- Gérald Cosset, okay? And I don't know what his current calling in the church is, but back when this happened, he, he was in the presiding bishopric, okay? Okay. And he gave a devotional, like an official LDS church devotional, and like... We'll put a link to it. But he was 
in in his talk, he was talking about he was giving an example from a recent movie that he would he had seen, and he described the exact story of um, King George from the King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you know this was back when I was a believing member, and, and this talk came out in 2013. Um, and so I, I was reading like this came out in like an and it was reprinted in the Ensign or the yeah. or something. And so I was reading this, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is a general authority. And he's saying that he has seen an R-rated movie and like talking about how good it was in this uh-huh. talk. But and then it, like the other funny thing is like, oh, he's European, he's French, and so <laughs> so there's that. I think there was there was one more question in that survey. Yeah, so let's and, let's get back to the survey. Yeah. The next question is, what is your favorite R-rated movie, edited or not? So this opens it up for people who haven't uh-huh. seen you know, an unedited R-rated movie right. to answer. Nick, I was wondering, did have you looked... I mean, I know you scrolled through them, but have you looked I, at the numbers? Yeah. No. I, so, I, I mean, I just... Especially this question, I just kind of glanced. I didn't look at a whole yeah. lot of responses. So if you, if you had to guess, what would you think is the most popular... I mean, I, I would say just my, my gut would tell me that Saving Private Ryan would be referenced a lot. The Matrix might be brought up a lot. Uh-huh. Saving Private Ryan was the seventh most popular in our okay. survey. Um, King's Speech probably is one that... King's Speech was number eight okay. most popular. So we have some other ones. Um, the number one most popular, and this one by a lot. And, and I'll also say that some of our listeners wrote down like two or three movies they couldn't pick. Yeah. <laughs> and so anytime a movie was mentioned, I just included it, whether or not it had, you know, so I Got mentioned it. all instances of movies mentioned. The number one winner by a lot was Shawshank Redemption. That's, yeah. That yeah, makes sense. And that's too. a good one. Number two mm-hmm. was Matrix. Okay. Number three was Deadpool. Okay. Number four was Gladiator. Also, not surprising. Yeah. Five was Braveheart. Six was Schindler's List. And then, like like I said, seven was Saving Private Ryan, eight was King's Speech. Um, Let's round up to ten. What's nine and ten? Okay, nine was Fight Club, and then ten is a a five way tie <laughs> for tenth place. <laughs> Those movies were About Time, Bridesmaids, John Wick, Last of the Mohicans, and Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, so yeah, you know, within those those movies that are chosen as your favorite R-rated movie, there tends to be uh, favoritism of movies that are violent and using violence or kind of sort of like the aftermath of violence mm-hmm. for purpose, which I think is good, like, or, or the majority of those movies are good movies that are would fall in the category of like worthwhile r-rated movies yeah. to watch which yeah. i think is good i haven't seen deadpool so i can't talk <laughs> about that one but... i i have um i think it's very enjoyable yeah um and you know there's like i think a good message to it but maybe it's not as profound as <laughs> some of the yeah. other ones but it's it's right. fun. um nick do you remember the first r-rated movie you ever saw oh i mean now um... you, you've been watching r-rated movies for a lot longer than i have granted so that might be yeah. hard i mean I probably the first R-rated movie that I would probably say I watched was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay, which is um, John Candy and Steve Martin really only are for you know one scene with the mm-hmm. F word dropped a lot in it. We always watched that at Thanksgiving. My parents would just skip to the next scene or fast <laughs> forward through that, and yeah. and that was an easy one to edit because it was just language, so you could you didn't have to even cover up the screen. You didn't, yeah, right, right. But yeah. as far as like the first time I like 
sought out an R-rated movie. Uh huh. Yeah, that would have probably not been until college. Yeah. I skipped, you know, like like the, I never was interested in the Matrix. I only watched the Matrix last year for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, but I know that that was one that like lots of people made the, explained and justified that one away yeah. in yeah. high school. Of like, well, I'm going to see it because it's really just because of violence, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. And and now the Matrix would probably not be rated R anyway. But. Right. Right. Which shows how like fickle the mpaa can be and why like why are we using this as our measuring stick right because exactly. that movie would not receive an r rating today um i saw the king's speech in college i saw the fall which i really liked that was a great movie lee mm-hmm. pace is in it um yeah i mean it was like it tended to be the movies that were like because i was a film student i was watching movies that was like oh these are rated r but there's a good reason yeah good reason to, to watch these movies um I really like uh, No Country for Old Men, I which is seen rated that R. Great movie. Um, and also violent with a purpose. And... Yeah. I think maybe mine was like maybe King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Maybe I watched that with you. I can't remember. But then like I didn't really like, like you said, I didn't really like start seeking them, that, seeking them out, I guess, until I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't really like pinpoint down like specifically there but i like narrowed it down like among the first ones that i saw intentionally was the grand budapest hotel the kings of summer um and then boyhood and boyhood like a good part of that took place in houston oh yeah Um, i haven't seen that and so it was fun to watch that because i knew a lot of the places and like the neighborhoods looked just like my neighborhoods and yeah so that was kind of a fun one to watch and i think you know like having been a film student and and gone to grad school for film and you know obviously my my point of view on a lot of this is different than your average member even when i was fully believing and i re- i remember i had this experience after i was married and so it was a student ward at byu which is it's kind of like playing house mm-hmm. in a ward like no you know no one has kids yet you're just kind of pretending to be adults yeah but you're not in a real adult congregation in the church right so anyway i was still at school and and this um, guy who was teaching the elders quorum lesson, so just to the men, he was a communications major, so he knew all about how, you know, entertainment companies manipulate you, which is true, but he was took it to the point of, like, we need to get rid of everything that's offensive to us. And so he brought in a big stack of this lesson of of games that for his Xbox that I'm mm-hmm. going to donate these, get rid of them. And I'm, and I'm bearing, my, bearing my swords of weapons right. of war. <laughs> yeah, and so he related it to... This that story from the Book of Mormon of he's going to bury his weapons of war, which in his case was a big stack of video games. Video games of war, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, um, and and it just rubbed me the wrong way because it's like you know he was just had a very blanket sort of approach of like anything that's fits these criteria of you know ratings and and stuff we need to just get rid of, and I'm challenging you to do it. And what are you going to give up? And it's like well, nothing because I don't feel like I need to give anything up and. And I ended up talking to the Elder Scrum Presidency and just said, hey, you know, there's a lot of different opinions on this subject and it'd be great to hear something else for a change. And they said, great, why don't you teach a lesson about it? <laughs> and so I did. And and I think the, the summary of that lesson is kind of what I wanted to end on. Mm-hmm. And that what I talked about in that lesson is the 13th article of faith, which was a guiding sort of principle for me in this regard. 
in that article of faith, or at least when I was believing it was. And, and in that article of faith, it says, if there's anything virtuous, lovely, of good report or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was I in that lesson, I said, you know, have you ever noticed that it's or it's not and mm-hmm. it's not saying we have to we have to seek after things that are virtuous, lovely, of good report and praiseworthy. It's just saying or which implies you only need one of them. And Nick, I think you're missing an or. I, there are two ors, I think, in the official text. If you are look there? it up, it says, um, if there's anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report, or praiseworthy, which just further okay. emphasizes which, this is exactly. not an and list, this is an or list. And you can right. have things that are praiseworthy and of good report that you can seek out, you know, that we should be seeking out that might not be virtuous. You know, or virtuous, lovely. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think but a, a lot of R-rated movies can be, you know, virtuous and lovely too. Right. You know, I found an article when I was believing by some a guy named John Hatch that was titled "Can Good Mormons Watch R-rated Movies?" Uh-huh. You know, that was sort of the one of the points he made was just that like this idea of like if you're interested in film, especially like you're interested in consuming and seeing movies as art, then something can be praiseworthy or of good report. And maybe not be lovely, but it's important to seek it out because there is merit to it. So yeah. kind of hitting home, you know, what what we've been talking about a lot of this episode. But but that's kind of how I approached it. And, and I remember when I taught this lesson in the Elders Corp, a lot of people like came up to me and were kind of like mind blown sort of <laughs> thing. Like I've never thought about that idea before. Like I've never read that article of faith that way before. Mm-hmm. But I've never thought about the idea of like, that something R-rated could be valuable. I've only ever thought about R-rated movies as being vulgar. And yeah. like, and I think that that's certainly the case among most members of the church that I've encountered is that outside of sort of like Los Angeles, the wards, congregations that I was in there, mm-hmm. you know, most congregations, your average member is going to think R-rated movies means bad, super violent, bad. And, and I'm saying that while that may be the case of some movies, I'm totally saying not every R-rated movie is worth your time. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But I do think that there are some that are worth your time. But the point is that I think everyone needs to just figure out where their standards are. Like, what do you value in your entertainment? Is it just to be entertained, just to have something to watch? Mm-hmm. Or if you're seeking after movies as artistic, then you need to approach it that way. You wouldn't go to a museum and close your eyes because you saw a painting with nudity in it. Yeah. Because your understanding in the context of this is, this is art. Like this isn't meant to make me feel lust or something (laughs) for the, in a public museum. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which, you know, for some people it might. And in that case, you know, don't go to a public museum. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's, you know, I think we just, we see movies as being more frivolous in general, that like, because blockbusters have taken over so much of entertainment, mm-hmm. that movies have tended to become Marvel, Star Wars, big, get loud sort of movies. Yeah. And so our rated versions of that are bigger and louder. Yeah. And, and I think that it tends to be the opposite, that our rated movies tend to be the more interesting and mature in the sense that like, we're treating our audience like like adults you know, brain yeah. yeah you know like like and it's like and the milk the milk before meat yeah milk before meat yeah. it's like you can have discussions and portrayals of topics that are more complex and 
mm-hmm. and maybe make you think and maybe are a little bit more problematic and, and maybe more um, related to what you see in the real world, you know? And if right. if you give yourself the permission to go see those types of movies, I think that you'll be better prepared with a more open mind to handle those types of situations when they do come around in real life. Right. Because real life is not always PG or PG-13. Sometimes real life is R. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether you seek it out or not. In this article by John Hatch, which I'll, I'll get the link, hopefully we can put that. Uh-huh. Hopefully it's still available online um, and, and people can read it if they want. But John Hatch, who wrote this article, he has a quote from um, M. Russell Ballard in it that's basically saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was talking specifically about movies like Titanic, which kind of don't sanitize the reality of, like, this horrific event and show us the reality. And that may be uncomfortable, but, like, real life isn't comfortable sometimes. Um, and this is an apostle saying essentially that idea. I'm yeah. maybe putting some words in his mouth there, but but that that idea. For me, I think it's important to understand that, like, when we were at the beginning, when we were talking about sort of the context of these quotes from Ezra Taft Benson or the first strength of youth is that like this was guidance that was given to the youth. Yeah. I think sometimes adults in the church still say I should, if my kids can't watch it, I I shouldn't shouldn't be watching it. it. Yeah. When initially that counsel was given to youth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we haven't gotten to it yet, but the last question of the survey was just Mm open-ended and basically we asked, um, Please share any other thoughts, questions, comments, or stories you have about R-rated movies and LDS culture. And we we had seven different individuals mention the word infantilization. Yeah. So, for example, Nick, um, one of our responders in the survey wrote an interesting story that I thought could exemplify this. And so I'm just going to read the text as it is, the excerpt. Okay? Yeah. Um, she wrote... At Southern Virginia University, I brought the Much Ado About Nothing DVD to the student union to watch with a boy for our first date. He ran out during the opening credits in tears. The credits had shown images of men's butts running around a bathhouse. He ran across the main field on campus before I could catch up with him. He was in tears and told me he hadn't expected me to be that type of girl, that I looked so sweet. I comforted him and apologized for hours afterwards and felt like a horrible person for not realizing how offensive men's comedy butts were. I now look back and see that he had tremendous emotional issues, and I also see how comical that is for a date story. But at the time, because he had the priesthood and was an RM, I really internalized what he said about not realizing I was that kind of girl. I felt awful. Close quote. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like that is a really, really bad example. I just feel so bad for her that, like, she was the one comforting him and apologizing him for afterwards. I know. Ugh, like, that's bad. That's really bad. That is infantilization, I think. Um, If if you have that type of reaction to that, so. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, if we're, you know, following this rule... It's keeping adults from being adults Mm -hmm. or it's maybe that's not the best way to put it, but it's like, you know, we want to be able to deal and see with these mature topics in a mature way instead of 
you know, and you go into these art museums where you have these depictions of nudity and you get so flustered and offended that you walk out. That's not the intended response and probably not what most people in the world would feel about that. You should be able to go to an art museum and like appreciate art and have the maturity to not get all flustered or embarrassed or awkward when you see nudity. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, same thing with movies. Like, you know, you can watch the movie and know that everything happening in that movie is not real. Not everything in this movie is, you know, like we said, this movie isn't saying that this is the way things should be or that, you know, how we want you to think, but go into the movie as an adult, you know, interpret the movie with some maturity and, you know, decide for yourself what is valuable about seeing it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of benefit to the movies that can be seen by all ages Mm -hmm. and that there's a certain type of storytelling that can be really powerful. But I think if that's the only thing you're consuming, that's where like infantilization, which might sound harsh, comes in though, is that like, if you're only experiencing what a child experiences in entertainment and only experiencing the emotions that a child might experience, Mm -hmm. that you're just missing out. And, and I think you're not equipped with the tools to have like, meaningful conversations with other adults who have, you know, thought about or experienced these topics, you know, right. As a way to navigate through the world. Yeah. And I think that that's the the bigger problem. You know, obviously what you watch isn't a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but the way you're able to relate to other people and the way that I think movies and entertainment can help you relate to other people is, is super important. I think, of like seeing, oh, this this person's life depicted on film really made me interested in opening myself up to that more in my actual life. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but maybe that's just because I, I like movies more than people sometimes. But. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that statement. Um, <laughs> all of this to say, we just have wanted to cover some R-rated movies Yeah, on our podcast. And now we've talked about it and... Surprise, we watch them, and we're going to cover some, and we think it's okay if you want to watch them too. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this episode. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we were excited to talk about this. This is such a big topic, and we talked for way longer on this than any other topic so far, and I still feel like we didn't scratch the surface. I know. there's what we could talk about. There's a lot more that I wanted to say or or share, but we're just going to have to wrap it up maybe another day but yeah for sure check out our social media um where we'll post some of the responses from the survey anonymous of course yeah Um, and and yeah if you have i mean any other topics points you wanted to bring up that we didn't hit on facebook social media whatever you know those are all great places to bring up those ideas and start some discussion and we'd love to hear more of that discussion right we'd love to hear from you about that so Thanks for joining us. This has been Post Mormon at the Movies, where it's always a party and never not a party. And we'll see you at the movies. Okay, bye. Post Mormon at the Movies is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us for regular updates and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can download episodes as they become available. Thank you for listening, and we will see you at the movies next time. Bye.